Hey guys, it's Guru Mike Panna with the Miami Warrior Podcast, and today is your Mindset Monday episode of the week. Uh, if it's your first time joining us, basically every Monday morning, I try to start the work week on a positive note, uh, sharing some thoughts and some insights that we can take into uh, this upcoming week. So in today's episode, I want to discuss racism, and I want to talk about a story basically that happened to me and my dad. Um, when I was a kid, I think I must have been around six or seven at the time. Um, and in light of everything that's been going on, I thought I would just take the time to discuss this story and extrapolate some of the lessons uh, that we can get. Now, um, as I get older and now that I'm a father of a little boy, um, I think now that I could, I could see why my dad did a lot of the things that he did when I was growing up. Ever since I became a dad, I'm getting all of these memories just kind of flooding back to me every few, so often. And being able to kind of extrapolate some lessons that my dad, uh, that, that I learned from my dad as I was getting older. It's funny how, you know, they say that vision uh, is twenty twenty when you look back. Uh, my father um, was teaching me things my entire life and I didn't realize it until now. And now that we're in this, uh, uh, this era of uh, not just this pandemic, but also um, the uh, riots that are going on and the, the civil unrest that we're seeing, as well as the racial tensions that we're seeing now, um, I just thought I'd share this story because I feel that as a Filipino-American as an individual who wants to see change in the world, I think we need to, instead of just being upset and angry, we need to learn from the past. And that's what I've been doing lately. And ever since I've been watching these uh, these uh, protests and riots unfold, I'm being reminded of what my father taught me in this story that I'm about to tell you. So uh, basically, when I was about six or seven years old, my father and I, we were basically walking through a store. I remember this very vividly. We were in Virginia. And uh, I believe we were taking a road trip down there. My family, we used to go down to Virginia quite a bit from New Jersey. Um, and I remember we were walking in this particular store. It was a convenience type store. It looks like some, I guess if you're from the East Coast, it looks like something like a bodega. It might look like a QT or a racetrack to you. Uh, but but uh, either way, it was basically this small convenience store, locally owned convenience store. My father walked with me, took me by the hand and walked in with me to get some milk, to get some things for the road. And I remember as we walked into this particular uh, store, I guess I could feel it as a kid. I guess when you're a kid you feel things a little differently uh more more um more intensely than adults do but i could tell that my dad felt the same way um that i was just from the way he was holding my hand just the way he was kind of maneuvering me around this particular store and my dad got the milk in the back he started getting some crackers some stuff for the road and we looked behind us and i looked behind me and there was a gentleman standing a few feet behind us and i noticed there's the same gentleman that was standing a few feet behind us in an aisle the aisle over and then he was doing the same thing before that and continued to follow us throughout the store while we were in there. Basically, this gentleman uh, was following us throughout the entire store. And my father, upon uh, receiving the items, he looked right at this gentleman who ended up being the owner of the store and said, why do you feel the need to follow me around? Am I breaking the law? Am I doing anything to offend you by my presence here? And the guy immediately, you know, played dumb. He was like, hey, you know, no, no, it's not like that. He's like, no. He's like, I don't. My father made it very clear. He's like, no, I know what you're doing. I'm not a criminal. Okay, you don't need to follow me. And I remember standing there looking at my dad, holding him by the hand, not really fully understanding of what was going on. But I could tell that my dad wasn't happy. I could tell my dad felt that there was a great injustice being done to him. Because this, basically, the store owner was following my dad from aisle to aisle. um, And... He was basically making sure that my dad didn't steal anything. Uh, my dad is very, if you've seen, you see pictures of me on Instagram or Facebook, you'll know that I have a very uh, brown skin complexion. My father, very similar skin complexion to me. We're almost identical. People think we're twins sometimes. But um, I remember my father basically making it clear that he wasn't going to tolerate it. 
And so he said, no, I'm just going to get my items. I'll be on my way. And I could tell that my dad walked out of there angry. He walked into the car. I remember he sat me in my seat, my car seat. My brother was in the car with me at the time. I think he must have been four at the time in his car seat. And my dad was just talking to my mom about what happened as they were driving off. He was upset, but he was firm. It wasn't like a whiny kind of anger. It was more of a, um, a firm, uh, a firm, focused, righteous anger that my dad had. And again, as a kid, I couldn't really articulate what was happening. I couldn't understand fully. And I could tell my brother, who was only maybe four at the time, he's about this, at the time, my younger brother was the same age as my son is now, roughly. And I remember sitting there with him and my brother could sense something was going on too. And I remember sitting there in the car seat, like something's off here. But now that I'm an adult, I can kind of track and reflect and see that situation for what it was. Uh, My father felt that there was a great injustice done to him and it wasn't by any means an injustice what we're seeing right now with you know um the corruption that we're seeing um and and um you know uh police overreach and all these things it wasn't the same to the same degree that we saw with of course with george floyd's murder but it was an injustice to my father and throughout my life i'm realizing that that happened to us more than not um we lived in a mostly white neighborhood Um, and I didn't notice it growing up, but my father would tell me stories about how this happened to him on a regular basis. Um, and so I think there's a lot of lessons to take away from the scenario I just described. Uh, lesson number one, it was acknowledged. So my father acknowledged that racism was present when we were in that store. He wasn't afraid to call the store owner out on it. He acknowledged it. Um, he recognized it for what it was and he spoke up. Okay, so the first lesson I take away from that scenario is one, acknowledge that racism exists because it does. And if you tell me it doesn't, it just shows that you haven't been affected by it. All right, so lesson number one, racism exists, acknowledge it. However, this also takes me to lesson number two from this particular scenario. Lesson number two is that my dad did not complain, even though my father had um, a sense of righteous anger about the scenario, even though he recognized again in lesson number one that racism does exist and it was present in that moment. My dad did not yell. He did not scream. He did not complain. He just firmly and assertively told this man, this store owner, that he wouldn't take it anymore. And I remember my dad standing up very straight. His posture changed. He looked this man right in the eye and said, I'm not a criminal. I'm not doing anything wrong. You have no right to treat me this way. I remember this very distinctly. My father's body language changed, his presence changed, his tone of voice became more authoritative. But he didn't whine, he didn't scream, he didn't cause a scene. In fact, it was so impressive to me now that I'm looking back on it as a a dad of a little boy myself. He had me by the hand the entire time and his demeanor was strong, but I didn't feel scared. I just could sense something was off, but I wasn't scared. Too often when people experience racism, they flip out. It's, if they feel like an offense is done to them, they lash out, they get outraged. And outrage culture is all the, is all the rage these days. No pun intended, right? Um, so my father, while yes, he did acknowledge racism was there, he didn't treat himself like a victim and cry about it. He didn't whine about it, he didn't cause a scene. He was resolute, he was brave, he was courageous, and he was strong. Okay. The third thing that I took from this particular scenario is that it's okay, again, to speak up. It's okay to feel that anger. And despite what people will tell you, anger is a good thing, but it has to be a righteous anger. Meaning that your anger must be based in something true and not rhetoric, 
Okay, not something that the media told you to, but it has to be something true and you have to stand by it and you have to put that anger into good purpose. Again, as my father drove off from the store, drove away back, getting back on the road from the store, I didn't sense rage in my father. I sensed a sense of anger, but righteous anger. I wasn't scared. My brother could, and I could sense that something was off, but it wasn't fear. And if you are the child of Filipino immigrants, you know what it's like when you see your parents angry and you're scared, Right. But then you also feel like you stand in solidarity with them. You recognize the anger is there, but you're not afraid. Okay. And, I, and the, so th- these three lessons, we can take from the, these three lessons and apply it to anything in our life. We should acknowledge that there's problems in the world. We have to acknowledge that. We have to recognize how to stand up to those things in an assertive, mature, calm way. And also recognize that anger is positive if it's a righteous anger and if you are using that anger properly. You're not flipping out. You're not losing it. You're not crying. You're not whining. You're not breaking windows. You're using it in a constructive way. And so I hope that this story really reflects upon how I've been approaching this whole scenario. And then I'm seeing a lot of my fellow Filipino Americans talking about um, injustice and white supremacy and all these things. All I can tell you is what I've experienced. Racism does exist, but there's a way we can treat it and there's a way we can respond to it. Um, the great book by Viktor Frankl, A Man's Search for Meaning, is one of my favorite books. And basically, and I'm just paraphrasing from the book, but the core of the story is that we as human beings there's, we have to recognize that there's a gap between stimulus and response. If a person's treating me with injustice and rage, or maybe they're speaking ill of me or whatever, I have a choice in how to respond to that. Okay? I can respond with assertiveness, with kindness, right? With firmness, or I could flip out and I can whine and I can complain. I could tell the whole world how the the system is against me. So we have to remember that yes, racism does exist, but there's a way to react to it in a constructive, mature way, not in a violent way, not in a whiny, complaining way, immature way. There's a mature, there's a mature and assertive way an intelligent, rational way, we can react to racism. All right. So I hope this podcast inspired you. Take care. God bless and be the hero in your life.